Welcome to the Cosmic Reality Radio Show, where our hearts are our master. A production of CosmicReality.com. And welcome to Cosmic Reality on June 27th, 2023. My name is Nancy Hopkins. With me is Walt Silva and Dolly Howard. And Dolly is on her adventure in that she had to vacate her house because they were doing tile work. So, Dolly, you want to just get into it? Or I could say hi, Walt. You want to say hi? You want to say hi? <laughs> maybe uh, she'll maybe find she- that once she moves into the house, the house has been refitted to have like space a technology built in now they're just doing tiles <laughs> oh bummer <laughs> so dolly what are you thinking hon oh i'm sorry i was muted <laughs> oh oh okay you thought you were muted <laughs> now you're muted i was yep. commenting to everything walt was saying <laughs> oh okay um so Anyway, we had to move over to the rental house because they're going to tile the living room, dining room, kitchen, and hallway, all the same tile. So we had been busy last week um, cleaning everything out of the those rooms, trying to find places to put this stuff. Made Russell move his furniture to his storage room. Yes, yes, yes. So what happened to the house to have to cause this to happen to you? Well, a major accident or something with the house. Well, we got. We wanted to do this for a long time. We want to renovate some of the things in the house, and. then when the when Jake was doing the bathroom plumbing, which it isn't the bathroom isn't done yet. Damien's not doing his things right, and he's just not doing it. But anyway, Jake taped down some plastic through the dining room hallway. He taped down plastic to protect the floors. Well, what he did was. He, when he used the tape, it left all this tape residue on the floor that we can't get up. So that said, oh, well, now's the time. Because Annette had taken out a home loan, home uh, loan, because we had the home, we can get this home loan. So she did that to renovate the bathroom. So when we found out we're going to have to do something with where the tape was we decided let's do the whole darn thing except for the bedrooms in that main bathroom because we'd already done those rooms so uh that's why we decided to do the other floors at this time so uh last week we got everything moved so they can 
had access to the floors. And this, on Sunday night, Annette and Russell brought me over here to the rental to get me all settled. And the rental has four bedrooms, two baths. It's huge. The house is huge. It's a nice size. The, the rental doesn't have any issue with Dr. Watson? I'm not there yet. What? I, I haven't gotten there yet. Oh, I thought you were already there. Okay. No, no. Give me a minute to get through my story. Oh, sorry. So, sorry. Didn't mean <laughs> to interrupt you. You're jumping me ahead. And then I lose <laughs> my track. Um. So... They got me all settled in the house, the rental house, and uh, have made several trips back to our house because we, we forgot my eye drops and things like that. So they've been, they made trips back to get what we needed because we forgot. And um, they, we, Annette spent the, the first night at our house because she had to let the tile people in. So she did that and then she came over here, brought something that we had forgotten. And then she went to the office. She she's working in in the office at Harris this week because there's not really a good setup for her all her computers and, and office stuff. So on on the way here, oh, last week, Russell's gas tank sprung a leak. The same day, Annette had to take her car in because there was something going on with it. It wasn't driving right. So we got Russell, Russell's car truck being worked on, which is okay now. And the next car was being worked on, and uh, she had taken it in to get new hubs because the guy found out she needed hubs, so she took it in. Then she brought it home. He said it was okay. Then on the way to the rental house, it wasn't okay. It sounded like the whole bottom of her car was going to fall out. She took it back in... Uh, the owner wasn't there, Larry. His son was there, and his son started giving an attitude. You know, it's a woman in an auto shop, so you get attitude. And she looked at him and said, I just spent $800 in this shop for my car, and now I've got major issues with it. And so he said something about calling his something that said i'm calling your father so she did larry called her right back and uh, he called his son and gave him a talking to and the son came back to net and said oh oh yes we probably should have done this we should have replaced your brakes when we had it well you're darn right they should have but anyway i'll stay calm so she got uh her brakes replaced and something no only $125 for uh, something went wrong with the emergency brake that wasn't included the first time. So she got her brakes. 
her, she already had paid for her brakes in that eight hundred dollars. So it wasn't free, but she didn't have to pay any more money. So anyway, we got the vehicles back. Um, Russell still has to have the wires uh, adjusted for because his gas tank is isn't hooked up yet. I mean, the reader where you look on the dashboard and it says empty or full that isn't hooked up yeah that's it that's it so we got the vehicles taken care of uh they got me over here and set up and uh and doc and furlock were going absolutely apeshit they just they were running all over this house just tearing around and um so we finally got them settled down, we thought, all night long. Furlock was running around the house. Meow, meow, meow. And so then Doc started in. All night. So we didn't get any sleep. And then uh, Nick came over in the morning and dropped some stuff off on her way to the office. And so um, I was trying to play with the boys and get them settled down, realized grandma's here. She's going to take care of you. You're not going to be left. And uh, we found things wrong with the house. Um, quite a few things uh, and I sent documentation with pictures so that we wouldn't be charged for it because they have this contract that you have to sign and of course to rent the rental but they kind of put clauses in saying if there's damage you have to buy and and in case there is damage you have to buy this insurance and yada 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 so I'm finding out that there's, it looks like uh, somebody knocked something in on the master bedroom door on the inside. They had, it's got a hole in the door. So I took picture, documented that, sent it to them. The screen door going to the back room was already torn. So I had Russell remove it because Doc was going over there and he wanted to put his head in the hole. So I took a picture, I documented that, and Russell removed the screen so it wouldn't get any worse. They're going to have to replace the whole thing anyway, but I don't want to pay for it. So um, the dishwasher, oh, I was so disappointed about this, but what the hell. The dishwasher door, what? Oh, okay. You're going to have to leave him in here. But leave the door open. Oh, no, you better close it. Okay, thank you. Be safe. I love you. Russell was leaving. He had taken a nap today when he could. So, um, the damages. The dishwasher, the door is askew, crooked. It won't shut because it's not right. 
it can't go in the frame where it belongs, so the dishwasher is broken. So here we are having to wash dishes by hand. I could have stayed home. <laughs> dishes by hand at home too. I like my dishwasher, but there's some things like pans I don't like to wash in the dishwasher, so I wash them by hand. But so we had to report the dishwasher. It had tape on the corner, upper left-hand corner. It was taped together to start with. <laughs> and then the door came, just evidently said, I'm not working anymore. I'm going to fall off the hinge. So I took pictures of that, documented that, and sent it to him. And uh, <laughs> there's a drip, 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 drip in the kitchen in the sink. Just constant drip, drip, drip. So I'm looking all over the place to find where is it dripping. I can't find it. So I just document that with words. And uh, that's all I can think of right now. So Russell brought the spiral over with the, the leash type thing we can hook Doc to to be outside. Oh, that's the other thing. The fence, see, we, in the pictures, oh, we got this beautiful wood fence. Well, they didn't show you that there's lots of places where the do animals can get out. The dogs can get under the fence. And I told Russell, I have to have the leash and or the other spiral in the ground thing. Oh, he's not going to get out. Yeah, right. So I said, well, I'm not taking him out without that. So Russell, when he went to put the spiral in the yard and hook that up for me, guess who got out of the backyard? Duck! So Russell had to go find him, corral him. And uh, he walked in. I didn't even say I told you so at that moment in time. He did hear about it later. Because he fights me so bad on these things. So Don proved that I was right. And the thing is about that, he will not go in the backyard for me because he has to be put hooked up to that on the big leash. Thing. Oh, no, Doc, no, no, no. It's okay. Daddy will be back later. Oh, here we go. This is what. We have been through since we moved here. I'm going to open the door and let him out. Maybe it's a big house. That's why the animals don't like it. I haven't seen any ghosts. <laughs> uh, there's spirits. I'm going to let you out here. Well, it's, it doesn't have their smells in it. Yeah. It's, it stinks. Yes, that's another thing. This house stinks to high heaven. See, see. Yeah, Doc, that's what Doc said. It stinks. Yeah, yeah. Arrow, arrow. I'll be right Let me out of here. I'm dying. It stinks so bad. Who had, Who had the idea, idea that the pile is so dramatic? So dramatic. <laughs> well, anytime you have to do anything with your house and you got animals, it's really something to consider in the whole project, you know? Wow, wow. Poor kids. And you know, I—I I mean, I, I'd be scared to do that because 
I don't know what time frame they said they were going to get it done, but you know how workers are. What if she's there for months? <laughs> don't say that. <laughs> oh, she's back. <laughs> I had to put my walker in front of the door so Doc won't scratch at us as he's barking and howling and crying. <laughs> so, um, where was, oh, Doc won't go outside for me. He will not, he'll, and I bring the leash so it's underneath where the door has a, a crack so that I can put the leash on him before I even open the door. Well, he just goes over in the corner and looks like, looks at me like, no way in hell am I going out, woman. <laughs> He'll only go outside for Russell. So is so, he pooping in the house? <laughs> one time when we first got here and no more. Oh, God. So, so then while Doc's doing all that stuff, Sherlock Holmes is running around doing all his meowing and crying and, and all that. And he's running around the house. And all night long, he was doing nonstop, making all the racket, along with uh, Doc joining in sometimes. But Russell was able to get Doc quiet for a little bit at a time. And so Sherlock was coming jumping on top of me on the bed, running around the bed, jumping down, then going out and running around the house. And Furlock has never jumped on my bed and played and done that kind of stuff with me before. He he just doesn't go on my bed. Well, he did all night last night. So first night and last night, Russell and I got maybe two hours of sleep since we came in here. And then today, I had to take Doc to the vet. We were going to have him checked out for some licking issues, but he stopped that. So uh, we just had his nails clipped and his ears looked at. So now I got ear stuff for him. And uh, the doctor, as we were checking out, she had sent out this a pill for the next time he comes in to uh, have his nails clipped because he was so freaking upset at the vets. He just was very, very, very upset. So she, as a last minute thought, she says, have him take this an hour before he comes next time for his nails because he got too upset and it'll make him sick. So, so we got that, his ear stuff. And I got a, a couple months worth of his heartworm. But we had to leave Furlock here alone when we did the, the vet call. So poor Furlock, when we came home, I, I didn't know where he was. Russell couldn't find him. He finally came out and looked at us like, you left me alone. <laughs> <laughs> So we had to get him settled down. And uh, it, what else? I think that's it so far. The cars. The, so the this is what World War Three looks like. Yeah. <laughs> I, 
Oh my gosh, it was just the transition was just very difficult for me as an old person, but very difficult for me as any person with two animals in a strange house. I'm I'm glad it's so big so they can chase each other all around the house. I opened the closet door yesterday. My bedroom, it's a walk-in. And uh Doc and Furlock went running in there and they stopped and they looked at each other and they kept running around inside the room and they'd stop and they'd look at each other and they'd look at me and it was a new room they hadn't explored before. <laughs> so we're getting some fun out of this as well as the irritation. But my the the my house, the tile people are from Portugal. They don't speak English. So when uh, Annette and Russell try to communicate with them, they use a thing on the phone that translates. So they, t they do have communication. But they are all done with the living, with laying the tile in the living room. I guess today they were going to put the grout on it. And they were halfway done with the kitchen. And they had to, they, they have to finish the tile in the kitchen. And they were halfway started in the dining room today. Uh, so they're going to be done maybe sooner than Friday. Oh, my gosh, I will be so happy. And that said, what are you going to do about, you already paid for the rental house. I said, I'd rather be home. I don't care. I can eat that money. I don't care. I want to be home. I miss my home. I'm homesick. So, so they're really doing good on the tiling. And Damien, he's been in and out checking on the guys. That's Annette's boyfriend who's supposed to be doing the bathroom, but she's not paying him because he owes her for other things, and so his labor is free. But he's not doing his labor. So he's been at this bathroom for two months, and in the meantime, Jake, Jake got sick because he was in all that toxin stuff. So he finally got well and came over and did what he could until one more step and then he'll come back and finish the one step because Damien needs to do something. But Damien isn't doing something. But he said, well, the Tylers are putting him to shame. And I said, as it should. <sighs> I've been living Time to get a new boyfriend. That's, that's what I say. I said that a long time ago. <laughs> But um, I'm just so ready to be home. But it's it's an experience. Um, I I do appreciate that I'm living here in this house in the meantime, and I'm so thankful that I'm not home. It was so full of chaos before we got out of our house because of the bathroom and the trying to clean out the house and.
and uh, the uh, stresses between the three of us and no four of us got to include Damien and uh, I I really I really thought I was going to end up in a mental place one day I completely lost it just had a breakdown pulled myself together and I've been able to carry on since that time. And then Annette got to the point where she had a breakdown one day because of all the chaos and the stress. And even though we got the angels there to help us, um, it's still, we're human. We got stress. And then when, when Jake came in, he was all upset. I had gotten up late. He wasn't upset about that. But he said to me, you got up late. He said, Jake, I got up earlier than I do most days. Some days I don't get up till afternoon because I'm awake all night. It just isn't comfortable for me at nighttime. So I'm awake all night. And so he said, well, do you know there's somebody here? I said, well, what do you mean somebody here? <laughs> I know I got spirits there. And he said, there's somebody sitting in that in that chair over there. I said, the black chair? Because we left a, but they had, we had left a black chair and a rocking chair in there while we were there, but they got moved up. But when Jake was there, it was in the living room. And I said, well, who? I, I don't know who's sitting there. I said, describe him to me. And he des he described to me um, one of the people one of my patients I used to take care of, the one Fred, who is the uh, lieutenant colonel, and he he was navigator in the airplanes. He would have me pick him up nine o'clock in the morning. We would go to the bank so he could withdraw some money. Then we would go to American Legion so he could drink a beer there. And then we would go to... Uh, What's the other one? American Legion. VFW. So he could have a couple drinks there because he had some buddies. And then we would go to the Moose so he could have some more drinks there and order something to eat. And then I would drive him to, to uh, one of the mobile home parks where they have swans in their pond. So we, I'd drive him over there so he could see the ponds and we'd sit and he'd talk. And that... It was Fred who was who was at my house now, because he wasn't there later. So he's still, he's still living the old routine. <laughs> well, he's still hanging out with me. <laughs> That's you mean the afterlife is as boring as heck? I, I he hasn't crossed over. Oh. I asked him, Fred, why didn't you go to the light? Why didn't you cross over? And he said, I'm not ready. So I said, well, you're welcome to be here as long as you want, but you might want to consider crossing over because it's nicer over there than it is here. <laughs> so I, that's that's the way that is with that at this point. Dolly, Dolly what... Was he sitting in the chair, or was the chair in the room? It seems like you said the chair wasn't in the room. This was before we took that chair 
out of the living room. Oh, so it was in the room? Yes, he, it okay, was so in the living what? room. And he, he was sitting there. Okay. And you, oh, yeah, and, he made himself very comfortable. And it uh, made Jake very upset because Jake's trying to protect me. Jake the plumber. So I, I know, I know, but did Jake think he was real, that he needed to protect you, or did he realize it was a ghost? And if he didn't, did you tell him it was a ghost? No, he and, knows. He knows oh. Fred is a spirit. That's why he was upset. Well, it's <laughs> got to be a bad spirit. I said, Jake, there's no bad spirits in my house. And I explained the angel thing to him, and, and uh, that... That I had invited them, and they use the house as a flop house, and they won't let any bad spirits in to hurt me. So I calmed Jake down too. <laughs> it's just so much activity lately. I haven't known if I'm coming or going, but uh, <laughs> it was. It's really very uh, different for my life right now. Is it's interesting, not so good in some ways, and kind of fun in other ways, and and that's that's my excuse for not getting a list. <laughs> and I think that's all I have to share with you. What's going on? Hopefully tonight, the boys will settle down and let me sleep. Annette said that uh, she thinks. Furlock is upset because at our house we have the big pool and I with the patio area and and Furlock and we have the doggy door through the main bathroom that the the boys can get in and out of the house. Would Furlock likes to sleep out there on that patio during the night? He comes in and out and in and out, but he likes to be able to be out there here. He doesn't have that opportunity. And so Annette said she thinks that he is missing being able to be outside. Well, cats are nocturnal. They want to be awake at the nighttime. Yeah. Yours, maybe. <laughs> well, yeah, I, yeah. If they're, if they're domesticated, they can fall into your pattern. But the the two that are well all three maybe the ones in the back i'm not up to see them but these guys out front they seem to spend time at night outside they're awake they're always awake in the daytime they they out there they're sleeping but, you know so who knows but could it it could just be because the house stinks <laughs> oh it stinks uh, it stinks it's like old people's houses when they pass away and people go in to clean it out and the yeah. furniture has the stink of the house. Right, That's right. the stink. Oh, jeez. Wow. I should have brought it up. <laughs> so it's yeah. like a horror story. It's like uh, playing Silent Hill on the PlayStation. <laughs> I don't know what's silent. I don't have a PlayStation. <laughs> Good thing you don't. I have real life, Walt. <laughs> Terrifying as it is. <laughs> but someday I will look back at this and think it's all funny. Right now I just don't think it's all funny. Just well, just think of it. It's the most expensive tile in the world. 
Not even, <laughs> n- not even Trump can afford that tile. <laughs> so, so go ahead. I want to explain this rental house. It's of the the Casa B A C A S A rental place. They rent houses out uh, for people who come down here to to holiday to visit, and so that's what we're living in one of those rentals that they rent out to people who come down on their vacation. I'm done. So, so they leave all their bad memories here? Oh, Florida? yeah. Whatever they bring in, it's here. So I had to go through and try to clean it up. I don't suppose you have any sage with you? No. Bummer. Yes. Okay, so um, you said you did not have a list per se. Well, let me let me hold on. I let me take a look here. I do have like one thing or two things. Okay, oh, no, that's the wrong thing. That's the rental notes. Ah, uh, I have to get this down out of my way. Rent here it is, and I think on my phone. Oh dear, where did my phone? No, I'm wondering about this uh, former patient of yours, the one who's t- trying to stick around. Where what? was he? Yeah, what, where was he when this ghoul tried to try to attack you? He should have defended. Oh, he was—he wasn't there then. Oh, that was a different. And he's there now. That's an in- interesting no, choice. No, he's, he's left. Oh. No, Fred is still there. Oh, he still is. Oh, yeah, okay. he was there when I left. I just had discovered that week, because Jake came back that last week for the first time since he's been sick, and that's when Jake saw Fred. So Fred's still there. He He's hanging around. Okay. Oops. New pattern on my phone. Was it, was it a tile layer when he was alive? Is he watching them? Is he supervising the tile lane? No, he was a lieutenant colonel in the airplane. He, uh, he was navigator in the airplane. Okay. I'm getting it. Oh, yeah. There's that. Now let me find. I told you that last. No, I don't have anything on the computer. But here is this, I have this one thing. I was, I've been sending, changing my emails everywhere. Walter, that yeah, reminds I, me. I changed it. Okay. Um, I ran across C like cat, Vine, C Vine. That is a very interesting site for those of you who are interested in the Gitmo stuff, looking for the the thing so I can post it in, here it is, I can post this in the chat so any of you who are interested, they, they have reports on the trials. There's a lady who 
reports on the trials because she goes in and 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 the people who work at Seavine they go in and witness the trials and then they report on them so they're still reporting because they even when Trump was still president Seavine I remember that Seavine was given the only the, the only place that was given the access to actually be at Gitmo and seeing the trials and we went through a, a few of them but nothing that was really was you know provocative and then I kind of lost the interest in following but you say that they're still doing it yeah because I went in to check on them I ran across it today and I went in to check on them and yeah she she was there's a place where she has her videos and then there's they report on news the political type news they report on I could open it up and give you a little breakdown on they report a lot of things that we used to report but uh, I tried your link and it takes me to a place called flirtsdream.info nothing what? Like, yeah that's that's what I'm looking at Meet singles, booking deal, for love, oh, no. single. That's that's what that's, I'm looking at. I'm looking at. Let me try this again. Is it an adult thing? Should I should I take no, it? No, it, it just it's just it's four, signs four signs with those words. I don't know what what it's about. Okay, I'm I'm doing this again, Walt. There, I did it again. See, it comes up the same thing. I'm in it. Let me look for. What are you talking? Now it changed. It, I that, see. Gitmo travel donations. Gitmo 9/11 trials. It changed 9/11 court Not of public opinion. Community voices in investigations. News. Okay, okay. What what is it? Read off the URL. What is it exactly? What does it say? The URL. The, H the address. HTTPS colon backslash backslash C like cat dash V like Victor I N E dot com. Okay. Do, do, you got to do that a lot slower. Don't just give us the. Don't give us the HTT after the colon. Give us just that. What is there? C like cat dash V like Victor I N E dot com. Okay. Okay. So we'll put that in and see if it comes up for you, right? Okay. Now it changed. Is this community voices, investigations, news, education? Yes, yes. 9-11, Court of Public Opinion, Gitmo, 9-11 trials, Gitmo travel donations, House of Representatives passes bill banning Pentagon from funding rating agencies of news organizations. Whatever that is, it's dated June the 24th, and uh, here's another June the 24th. An updated report. Mm. The coal bombing case at Guantanamo Bay. Uh. It has news items. 
And it has the trials updates. What ha she has a script of what, what went on in the trial, what what the judge said, what the lawyer said. Well, who's who's been on it? Did you look to see who you know who who's been in the trials? No, I didn't have time because I did that. I found it uh, after we got home from the vet. Can you? Oh, here's Gitmo Daily Camp Justice, June twenty twelve, uh, June twelfth to the seventeenth trial report. Since Vina Vine doesn't have any volunteers at present time in Mount Veed Mewing Room taking notes of the live CCTV transmissions from Gitmo, we are providing a night witness report via tweets from Carol Rosenberg of New York Times. Carol is physically in Gitmo reporting on the USS Cole bombing proceedings that happened on October 1st, the year 2000, 23 years ago and remain in pre-trial status. The tweets at the bottom start on the 12th and move upward to the latest 17. Missing days are because of closed sessions not open to public purview, including reporters. The accused is Saudi citizen Abdul al-Ramin al-Nashiri. You may have read about the USS Cole bombing description account here. So this has been going on for 23 years? It's, this is crazy. So the, the the person could have been in prison for the rest of his life or, you know, I don't know, 23 years and they haven't... Keep going down and see what other reports you can find. That's really note, fast. Note, at present, the only approved reporters in Gitmo are from mainstream media, but the public has access to watch these same exact live proceedings with a 40-second delay that Carol can see in a special room, viewing room, in Fort Meade, you may view account transcripts, list of detainees, judges, rulings, calendars, where the viewing rooms are on everything Gitmo in the following Office of Military Commissioner. And uh, underneath that, there's an image, and there's another Carl Rosenberg image, and then there's another image of a flag, and it says, those staying behind will have Monday off as a holiday and will be treated on Friday to the basis of monthly surf and turf. The USS Cole bombing case is nearing a crossroads decision on the lasting effects of torture by the CIA, and the veteran military interrogator testified at the latest expert witness that memory is degraded and the damage to reliable intelligence is profound. You think? When you hit, when you hit uh, damage of that sort. Former CIA prisoners are currently being held in Camp 5 at Guantanamo Bay. Guantanamo Bay a case nearing a decision on the lasting effects of torture. A military judge heard from the final expert before he decides whether interrogations at Guantanamo are contaminated by years of CIA detention. Um, even years later, the debility, dependency, and dread doesn't disappear when they walk into a clean room in suits, said Ms. M. Kleinman, who served in the CIA and then Air Force from 1983 to 2015 and retired as colonel with a special in human intelligence. This testimony on torture was beamed to Guantanamo from Virginia. The witness, defense layer and prosecutor, 
on that topic were all up there, and the judge engaged via via, via feed. The prisoner was voluntarily absent about the secret courtroom annex here. The Guantanamo War Court was created to be out of U.S. to be re out of reach of U.S. courts. War court proceedings streamed to Guantanamo from a secret chamber in Virginia. The tribunals were intentionally set up offshore. Now, increasingly, military judges are hearing testimony and arguments from a classified annex. Then, June 13th, as Mr. Sufan told Mr. Ham Hamdam, drop to his knees in prayer, then turn cooperative. Sometimes he is. His FBA colleague and the prisoner, unshackled, would sit on the floor and chat. He said sometimes he brought him a fish sandwich from McDonald's as a treat. Mr. Sofan said he would first sound Mr. Hamdam uncooperative because of his used captors had reneged on a promise called to his pregnant wife. So Mr. Rufan said in a day or so, he brought him to Gitmo's courtyard and rang up the wife in Yemen on a sat phone for a quick welfare check. It's a stunning crescent, it's a stunning crescent moon here at the soggy Guantanamo Bay on day two, week one of Judge Acosta's final session presiding in the USS Cole case. Testimony on hearsay testimony at 0900. Camp Jesters is where the military commission proceedings are held for detainees charged with war crimes. NewYorkTimes.com. Appeals judge uh, appeals channel is examining Guantanamo judges' next job on ethics grounds. The issue has a cast of cloud over the coming proceedings in the USS Cold bombing case, which are scheduled to last three weeks starting Monday. In court now, FBI agent Ali Sufan is talking about his interrogations of former bin Laden driver Salim Hamdan, who has tried and convicted at Guantanamo Bay, then after acquitted of war crimes. Credit 2008 sketch of Janet, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Mr. Sofan said he learned about Mr. Hamdam after he questioned his brother-in-law, Abdul Jandal, in Yemen after 9-11. Then one day he realized that Mr. Hamdam was in a cell in Guantanamo. He was eager to question him because of his proximity to bin Laden. Uh, went maybe the next day. Side tweet of interest from du Robert Dunham. Robert Dunham, yet another ethics issue involving a military commission's judges in Montanamo Appeals Channel, is examining Montanamo's judge, judge next job on ethics grounds. Uh, some um, hypertext message. Come justice with justices where the military commission proceedings are held for detainees charged with war crimes. Then there's Carol Rosenberg on June 12th. Correction: the interrogation of Mr. This is a very enjoyable. Not uh, sorry, <laughs> but uh, it doesn't. It it looks like. It's just going around in circles. I mean, is that the the impression you're getting? It's like I don't well, know. Well, yeah, um, it was sort of that way. Like I say, even probably in '19. I mean, uh, yeah, pro probably in '19 when they started all this up. 
I I never felt like I felt like I was running around in circles and never could quite figure out what was happening. So, I don't know. But anyway, it's it's another thing to look at. It's all stories. <laughs> you know, and that's mine, what Nancy Drew, uh, Kelly Brady, Nancy Drew, was it, she had been invited to be one of the witnesses in the trials. A witness? Or why would she? Observer, you mean? Or a witness? Yes, observer. Observer. When oh, when did that happen? When did that happen? Is that a recent? while back? Yeah, a while back. And she said no. No, she said yes. She went through all the vetting, and she doesn't she doesn't go there every day. So she gets to go to that place that they have the secret room that sees the by yeah. television. But she but she's obviously not in Guantanamo proper, right? She's just looking through a screen. From some remote room, right? She's in a room, and there's a window in the room, and she can see, and the other people, the trial people are in the room on the other side of the window. But is this room in Guantanamo proper, or is this out of place remote? I do not know. Oh. Because I don't think she went down there. She She's probably in one of these private rooms that everything is a, a closed circuit. Yeah. What else is she still going? Is she still saying that the White House hasn't been used, and is she yeah. still she's still she's still at it? God bless her. Yes. <laughs> she still goes every day, even though she gets sick. Uh, her health isn't all that good, is what I understand. Yeah. Yeah, I heard that. I heard that Alex Collier. Uh, he he said that there's two White Houses, one is in the Tyler Perry shoot, uh, Tyler Perry Studios, and another one is somewhere in Virginia. That's where they have these uh, fake White Houses that Biden uses. And he says, and, and you should look at, there's a detail that people should pay attention at that tells you a lot, is that he says, like, for example, during the winter time, when they supposedly ca uh, filmed the president moving around or something, you should pay attention and you should you should, should see that these places where they supposedly filmed Biden or Biden outside the White House, outside the White House, there's all greenery. There's green vegetation where at this particular time, there is no vegetation in Washington because it's, co it's cold. So he says those are details that people should pay attention to. Where, where did they where did they get the, the president to pose in front of a green White House? You know everything everything's uh, you know the vegetation is all green. This is this is Washington this is Washington D.C. There the, everything is or uh, yellowed. All the vegetation is is dry. <laughs> so he says that's those are details that people should pay attention to. And the White House, the real White House, when the real presidents were in it, always, always, always had guards on the top and around it. Uh -huh. They only have one guard at the door now. There's nobody on the roof. It's empty. 
You can see that in the Fox feed where they've got the White House. There's not, nothing on the roof. It doesn't even look like they've got armaments up there. No. Because, I mean, it, it, they used to have a lot of weird little things that you can't quite identify what they are. Well, that was weapon systems. Yeah. In part. I mean, then they got them so that they were kind of hidden a little bit and could be popped up at the, you know. But yeah. there's no, I, I, I yeah, the, yeah, Fox still have the thing on and in between commercials and stuff, you know. And uh, no, definitely not there. And no. the, the scene that Fox shows at the White House, that that's green screen stuff. Pay attention to the weathers. Pay attention to the wind blowing or not blowing. And their hairs are moving. <laughs> I just have a hard time thinking that so many people would know the truth. I know, and me too. The only thing I, I can think of is that during when they were making the atom bomb, there were, you know, what was it, 52,000 people or something. Don't cite that number, but there was a huge number of people that were involved. And in many cases, they had been moved out to the desert to be in these little homes that they made for them. Like out of the desert, they built these little, you know, residential areas for the people that were there. And there, I mean, it goes on and on and on how many people, and yet it was kept a secret. So, I mean, I guess it can happen, but it's just very difficult. The way that people talk, I mean, they gossip about everything. Yeah. And I have a hard time with that. Well, all of D.C. is in on it. I, and, and that blows my mind. How can so many people be in on the same thing? I mean, somebody's going to, you I'm would not, think. Uh, oh, that's, that's what you use non-disclosure agreements for, to stop them from talking. It doesn't always stop everybody. <laughs> I think it used to. I don't know that it would now. But... Obama's been out there talking on different shows. I've seen clips of him, you know, from the different networks. The real one or the clone? Well, the this copy? is... Okay, if you remember, there were pictures... Uh, they might still be up someplace. But there were pictures of when Obama took office and when he left. The, he, he, he turned into an old man in those eight years. I mean, he really aged. I mean, I've seen the others age, but he really aged. And this new version of him... Boy, I guess lay, being on, laying on the beach of, uh, you know, uh, Hawaii has done something for him because he looks very, very good. Doesn't you know the <laughs> age? It's not the real one. It's not the original. I, I can't say if it is or it isn't, but boy, there's something, and the energy off of him is just kind of flat. It's it's like. I don't know, it creeps me out just thinking about it. So when they were doing the, the discussion about what he had said, I remember thinking, well, that's just ludicrous, but I don't remember what he said because I was having such a difficult time with him. But if you see any of those clips, really study them and see what you guys think. It's, it's an interesting thing, this. I don't know what's real anymore. I was talking to a friend of mine I hadn't talked to in a while. And she said, I never thought we'd get to the position in the information age where there's so much information, nobody knows what's happening. And that's true. Yeah. It's all stories. You, you can't, you got to feel things out 
and see if it matters. And the first thing you have to ask, ask yourself is, does this matter? <laughs> you know, what, what, yeah. what is that important? And you're going to find that if you ask that question, there's a whole lot of stuff out there that really is, it doesn't matter, you know, one way or the other. Um, but there sure is a lot of activity there in the, uh, you know, the, the House, the House of Commons, not the House of Commons, the House. And the, uh, what do they call them? What do they call the, it's the senators and the congressmen. Thank you. Uh, those people out there are just, they're frustrating people because they keep saying, we've got the goods on Biden, you know, and they're talking, they're not even looking at Hunter. I mean, they're looking at Hunter to get to Biden and they're very vocal about it. But this last week, for those people that may not be able to keep up on U.S. news, somebody, and it seems to be a whistleblower, released a taped, I guess, no, it was a message. I guess it was a typed message. Yeah, it was a typed message from uh, Hunter Biden to somebody in China. And he was saying that my father is sitting right next to me and why haven't you paid us the money? I mean, right away, like I'm waiting for it. My dad is right here. So it's like, it's a statement saying that Hunter's, Father Biden, Joe Biden, the President of the United States, is in fact in deeply involved in the extortion money to play. You know, they're going to pay you to give them secret documents or whatever it was. It wasn't stipulated. But the fact that they were talking business, because Biden keeps saying, no, I never talked business with my, my son. But, you know, it's interesting if you, if you really listen to what they're saying there. Even though Hunter said that, there's no proof that Joe is in the in the in the room. You know, Hunter could have been making this up and, and making up the story that he had influence on his father, and it doesn't make sense because he got well. They they've now traced at least eight million dollars to him. You know, there's there's no question that that that's been happening. But then you have things that happen like okay, if it's if it's not true then prove it okay because they can prove right now that hunter is as a witness is testifying his father was there so disprove that you know what the hunter was telling the truth and show that he was telling a lie so the simplest thing is to check the gps coordinates on both of their phones for that date which is, you know, that information is available. But the FBI, the Justice Department, won't let that information out. So the information that would prove that, I mean, if they had Joe Biden in, in Delaware and they had Hunter in wherever he was, and, you know, then you'd say, well, that was a lie. Joe, it was phone was, you know, somewhere very far away. So if you got that proof, just just show it. And, you know, and we'll get on with things. But they won't. They just, they don't, they just won't. So what does that mean? Well, it means that it's probably true that the coordinates are the same. So there's no way out at this point in the game, in my opinion. Joe Biden's going down. He will not be in the running. Um, 
it's going to be really interesting to see what falls out. And what might fall out is Robert Kennedy Jr. <laughs> I mean, you saw, did you see the videos of him um, doing push-ups? Yes, yes. <laughs> I, I, I was stunned because I didn't realize, I just was looking at this thing and seeing this guy doing these, you know, and I was, I didn't know who it was. And then when he got up and I'm like, that's Kennedy? And his body is like... <laughs> One of the most amazing bodies I've ever seen any time, any place. It was weird. And you, so see, that, you see that the, the doctor, the doctor refuses to confront him? <laughs> oh, oh, I know. Yeah, he was on uh, Rogan and this doctor. And he, he would, you'd, I'd see him every once in a while on clips of what the other media is doing. And this guy is like, you know, a bow tie, glasses, he looks, he just looks the part, he looks like an actor. And I understand that Rogan put up $100,000 to be donated to a charity if this guy will debate Robbie Kennedy, and he won't. <laughs> so, anyway, we're at the top of the hour, so let's play uh, a song, and just because I like the energy, Somewhere Over the Rainbow. Somewhere over the rainbow Way up high And the dreams that you dream of Once in a lullaby
Cosmic Reality for June 27, 2023. My name is Nancy Hopkins. With me is Walt Silva and Dolly Howard. Okay, guys, you back? We are still we are suffering, still suffering because, because, she's because she's not, in her, not house. in her house. I'm back. I'm back. <laughs> when do you when do you get back to the house? As it as scheduled, scheduled it will be Friday. Oh, okay, good. And it had, Friday before 10. We have to vacate here. Okay. Yeah. Darn, I I hope it's ready. (laughs) Oh, I'm wondering if it's going to be ready before then. Yeah, that'd be nice, huh? Yes. Yes. Let's just see that happen. Oh, I've been seeing it happen since I got here. (laughs) Okay. So, um... Robert Kennedy, I, I do have a Tucker clip. Um, he put out one of his little tiny Twitter thingies. It is 18 minutes, which is long for him. But um, it's on RFK, so you you guys want me to, as long as we were talking about it, you want me to play it? Yeah. Play it. Okay, here we go. Hey, it's Tucker Carlson. There's never... You thought what that title to Donald Trump. It seems like the uh, player is malfunctioning. Let's try it again. Hey, it's Tucker Carlson. There's never. Oh, wow. That's very interesting. You thought that title belonged to Donald Trump. Huh. Okay, so my... Hey, it's Tucker Carlson. There's never been a candidate for president the media hated more than Robert F. Kennedy Jr. You thought that title belonged to Donald Trump. Of course it must. But go check the coverage. Trump got a gentle scalp massage by comparison when he announced. When Trump rolled out his presidential campaign in 2015, the New York Times waited until the 17th paragraph of the story to attack him. But as well-known as he is, the paper said at the time, Trump is also widely disliked. And then they cited a poll to back it up. That was the attack on Trump. Eight years later, the Times attacked Bobby Kennedy in the very first sentence of the story. Quote, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., the paper declared, announced a presidential campaign on Wednesday built on relitigating COVID-19 shutdowns and shaking Americans' faith in science. Shaking Americans' faith in science. 
Imagine if you're an ordinary New York Times subscriber reading that over coffee in your pre-war rent-controlled duplex on Columbus Avenue. You'd think Bobby Kennedy just declared war on the Enlightenment. My fellow Americans, I have come to shake your faith in science. Join me as I drag our nation back to the medieval period. You'd be appalled. CBS News viewers likely were appalled in its coverage of Kennedy's announcement. CBS denounced the candidate's views as, quote, misleading and dangerous. The LA Times called him a threat to democracy. At the offices of National Public Radio in Washington, a full-blown Category 5 hysteria typhoon broke out. NPR devoted an entire segment to savaging Kennedy, not just as a candidate, but as a human being. NPR described him as someone who, for his own perverse reasons, has made, quote, debunked and false and misleading claims that undermine trust in vaccines, and who, in his spare time, provides moral support to crazed extremists who, quote, rally under the banner of what they call liberty or freedom. People Magazine didn't even bother to report a single word of anything Kennedy said at his announcement, and instead wrote an entire story about how his relatives hate him. Kennedy's younger sister, Carrie, the magazine reported solemnly, does not approve of Bobby Jr.'s harmful views. His harmful views! Bobby Kennedy's thoughts alone are evil enough to hurt people. That's been the tone of the media coverage around Bobby Kennedy Jr. for the past 18 years, since July of 2005. That's the moment that Kennedy published a magazine article suggesting there might be a link between the rise in diagnosed autism cases and the ever-expanding schedule of mandatory childhood vaccines. The day that story was published, Kennedy's reporting was considered so solid that two outlets ran it simultaneously, Rolling Stone and Salon.com. Unfortunately, neither one of them understood what they were up against. The pharma lobby rolled out the most ferocious public relations campaign in memory, and both publications swiftly caved. Both pulled the story and then disavowed it, groveling as they did. No one in the national media bothered to explain why autism diagnoses had skyrocketed. If it wasn't the vaccines, and maybe it wasn't, then what was it? To this day, there has not been a convincing explanation. Instead, reporters just attack Bobby Kennedy. They've called him a lunatic and a Nazi. Instagram shut down his account. YouTube just last week pulled down a perfectly reasonable interview he did with Jordan Peterson, setting unspecified misinformation, and so on. Kennedy became the most censored famous person in the United States. At this point, most Americans have heard a lot more about Bobby Kennedy Jr. than they've heard from him. He doesn't get many offers to speak from big platforms. But last week, Joe Rogan gave him one. Here's some of what he said. Why do five of my seven kids have allergies? You know, it's, it, and of course, we know why. Because aluminum uh, adjuvants give you allergies. They're designed to make you, you know, to, to create a hyperimmune response to, to, you know, to foreign particles. And the last category is, yeah, the allergic diseases, uh, peanut allergies, food allergies, um, eczema, which I never knew anybody with eczema when I was a kid. I never, uh, asthma, I knew people with asthma, but it wasn't one in every four black kids like it is today. So, you know, all of those things. Now, we went from uh, 6% of American having chronic disease. By 1986, we're starting to add the vaccines, and we got um, an 11.8% of kids now. So it's doubled. Why do five of my seven children have allergies? Now, we don't know the answer, of course, 
But it's an interesting question. In fact, it's an important question that deserves an adult answer, not that you should hold your breath waiting to get one. Bobby Kennedy asks a lot of questions like that. He notices things. Kennedy pays attention to the world around him, and he wonders why it's changing. He's an outdoorsman, a falconer, and a fly fisherman. He's interested in how nature works. He's curious. Not so long ago, these qualities were considered essential to the practice of science. All scientific discovery comes from observation, empiricism, patient watching. Without the willingness to put aside your pre-assumptions and assess with honesty the things you see and touch and smell, the changes taking place right in front of your face, you can't do science. You can't create art either, or journalism, or theology. You have to be willing to notice the obvious. And when they tell you you're not allowed to notice the obvious, you should be concerned. Imagine you're on a commercial airline flight. The plane is just leveled out at 37,000 feet. You're closing your eyes for a nap. And suddenly you smell smoke. And it's not your imagination. You can see it. It's starting to fill the cabin. All around you, people are hacking and choking. The guy in the next seat has a napkin pressed against his mouth. And he's mumbling what sounds like Psalm 23. Yea, do I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. So clearly, the airplane is on fire. But almost unbelievably, no one has said a word about it. Not a single person is acknowledging this is happening. Everyone is silent. So in panic, you yell for the flight attendant. There's smoke in the cabin, you say as if she hasn't noticed. But she stares at you with hard eyes. Shut up, racist, she replies. That's a dangerous Russian conspiracy theory. Stop spreading misinformation or I'll call TSA and have you arrested when we land. That sounds like a fever dream, but it's also pretty close to the experience of living in the United States at the moment. All around you, things seem to be fraying and getting worse. Your gut tells you there's something very bad going on, and all the evidence suggests that there is. But the people in charge won't acknowledge that. Everything's fine, they scream. Stop noticing. But wait, I don't remember this many kids having allergies or asthma or eczema or autism or, for that matter, body dysmorphia. And why so many suicides? What's going on here? Shut up, stop asking questions. That's their answer. But Bobby Kennedy won't stop asking, and that's why they hate him. As Kennedy spoke on the Rogan Show, a reporter for Vice.com called Anna Merlin was watching. Merlin was so enraged by what she saw that she dashed off an article attacking Joe Rogan's employer for allowing the conversation to take place. Spotify has stopped even sort of trying to stem Joe Rogan's vaccine misinformation, read the headline. The piece never even described much of what Bobby Kennedy had actually said. Merlin dismissed the entire interview as, quote, a detailed survey of Kennedy's most dangerously incorrect views, a far too extensive list to outline in full. In other words, we here at Vice don't have time to describe all of Bobby Kennedy's lies, but trust us, they were lies. Then Merlin called Spotify to see if she could get the episode censored. Much to her profound frustration, Spotify refused to censor the episode and kept the interview on its website. So she spent the next several days ranting about all of this on Twitter. People were listening to the wrong things, and Anna Merlin was mad about it. So was Peter Hotez. Hotez is a pediatrician from Texas who became moderately famous on MSNBC during the COVID lockdowns as a Biden shill and a vaccine promoter. Hotez read Anna Merlin's piece and then huffily retweeted it. Effectively, why is Bobby Kennedy allowed to talk in public? And that gave Joe Rogan an idea. Why not have Peter Hotez debate Bobby Kennedy on his show? You claim he's wrong. Why don't you explain why he's wrong? That seemed fair. But Hotez wouldn't bite. 
So Rogan offered to give 100 grand to Hotez's favorite charity if he agreed to come on. Soon others made their own pledges and the pot swelled to over a million dollars. But still, Peter Hotez wouldn't come. Instead, he scampered back to MSNBC, where one of the channel's oilier hosts assured him he was doing the right thing by dodging the debate. Arguing with Bobby Kennedy is morally equivalent to debating a Holocaust denier, the host said. No decent person would do that. And of course, Hotez agreed. Quote, 200,000 Americans needlessly perished because they believed the anti-vaccine disinformation and refused to take a COVID shot. So really, talking to Bobby Kennedy would be a lot like abetting murder. And Peter Hotez, MD, PhD, was not going to do that. But wait a second, you ask yourself. Let's think about those numbers. 200,000 people died because of vaccine disinformation from Bobby Kennedy and people like him? Hmm, how do we know that? Is that really science? No, it's not science because we don't know that. We can't know that. There is no way to know that. Peter Hotez's claim is a political attack posing as science and he specializes in those. Here he is on television during the so-called pandemic. It's all about uh, mass mass compliance. That's going to be absolutely critical because if you don't have masks, remember this virus aerosolizes. So even six feet is not enough. Uh, it can go 17, 18 feet, several meters. What you really have to do is have vaccine mandates in the schools. We should have a rule that anyone who walks into a school over the age of 12 has to be vaccinated. This is the nature of the anti-vaccine movement in this country. It's got it's somehow married now to uh, far right wing extremism and and white nationalist group. Anyone who's unvaccinated and has been lucky enough to escape covid, your luck is about to run out. And I call it anti-science aggression coming mm. from Senator Rand Paul, Senator Johnson, members of the House of Representatives, in addition to those two senators, are killers. It's all about mask compliance. We must have vaccine mandates for children. Take the vax or you will die. Anyone who disagrees with me is a white nationalist and a killer and probably an agent of Putin. Do we say probably? Let's revise that. Certainly an agent of Putin. Again, here is Dr. Peter Hotez. We're starting to see now those same anti-vaccine messages that's coming out of the U.S. Uh, and, and now we're finding it in Africa and Latin America. And remember what the other re reason we're seeing this is the Putin government has, uh, and this has been reported by U.S. and British intelligence, has been piling on with this whole systematic program of what's being called weaponized health communications, trying to destabilize democracies with anti-vaccine, uh, anti-science messages and targeting so according to British and U.S. intelligence, anyone who disagrees with Dr. Peter Hotez is a disloyal American working to destabilize our democracy on behalf of Vladimir Putin. Now, by comparison, never in his life has Bobby Kennedy Jr. said anything half that demented. But keep in mind, Peter Hotez claims to have a valid medical license. He is allowed to treat patients. After a while, even MSNBC viewers were going to have some questions about a guy who talks like that, and apparently some of them did. As the lockdowns wore on, the population started to notice that many of the core claims the TV doctors were making were untrue. You'd only need one shot. If you got the shot, you would never get sick. You would never pass the virus to others, and so on. They said these things, as you know, again and again. Ultimately, they were proven wrong, but they never admitted it. They just attacked the people who noticed. Here's Dr. Peter Hotez calling for the Biden administration to arrest anyone who questions the COVID vaccine. 
the Biden administration has to realize that that anti-science is a killer disinformation yeah. it's not even just disinformation it's, this is an anti-science empire right now and we need homeland security we need the justice department we've really got to figure this out and, and the health and health and human services will not be able to figure this out on their own it's not a medical problem it's a law enforcement problem they've doubted me arrest them it's a horrifying outburst if you think about it. if you were on tape saying something like that you would be deeply ashamed but Peter Hotez is not ashamed. He's become even more grandiose. Hotez has written a self-congratulatory new book called The Deadly Rise of Anti-Science, a scientist warning, as if you were a scientist. Here's how Hotez describes himself in the book's promotional literature. Quote, during the height of the COVID-19 pandemic, one renowned scientist in his famous bow tie, appearing daily on major news networks such as MSNBC, NPR, and BBC, and others, Dr. Peter J. Hotez often went without sleep, working around the clock to develop a nonprofit COVID-19 vaccine and to keep the public informed. During that time, he was one of the most trusted voices on the pandemic and was even nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize for his selfless work. He also became one of the main targets of anti-science rhetoric that gained traction through conservative news media. End quote, though we could go on. So here you have a renowned scientist, selfless, trusted, going without sleep, self-denying, persecuted by extremists for daring to tell the truth. The Albert Schweitzer of cable news. That's Dr. Peter J. Hotez. The fact that a partisan buffoon like Peter Hotez can describe himself this way with a straight face and the backing of a publisher makes you despair for the country's future. But don't despair. There is hope. Hotez will never debate Bobby Kennedy Jr., but it doesn't matter. Kennedy has already won. He's more honest than Dr. Peter Hotez, and that's obvious to anyone who's paying attention. A new Economist poll shows that Kennedy is more popular and far less hated than either major party frontrunner. After almost 20 years of being silenced, Bobby Kennedy Jr. is being heard, and why wouldn't he be? Kennedy's theories about vaccines may be right, they may be partially right, they could be even utterly wrong. No one's proved it either way. But what we can say with certainty is that America's medical establishment has beclowned itself for all time. Its official positions on vaccines, psychiatric drugs, puberty blockers, reassignment surgeries, a long list of other politically fashionable priorities have no connection whatsoever to legitimate science. It's all effectively witchcraft. At the annual meeting of the American Medical Association in Chicago last week, for example, Delegates issued a statement attacking the body mass index as a tool of, quote, racist exclusion, which has caused historical harm. Next year, they will denounce thermometers and stethoscopes. They're insane. Compared to them, Bobby Kennedy is a mainstream figure. And people understand that. That's why he's winning. And you know he's winning by how his critics are doing. So just four years ago, Anna Merlin was regarded as an important expert on conspiracy theories and misinformation. She'd written a book on the topic. Here she is talking about it. I've always thought that in the case of conspiracy peddlers, it's not necessarily a super profitable enterprise to ask whether they really believe it or not, because I don't know what's in their hearts. I don't know what's in their minds. All I know is what they spend their time doing, which is promoting conspiracy theories. Um, in the case of ordinary people, conspiracy consumers, and most Americans are to some degree consumers of conspiracy theories. All the studies that we have show that like one in three Americans believe in some conspiracy theory to some extent. 
Um, for the people in the very sort of deep end of the conspiracy pool, people who are consuming a lot of conspiracy content, I think it's really important to look at the way it helps them make sense of the world and make sense of our political moment and make sense of a lot of times like what's happening in their own lives. All the studies that we have show that like one in three Americans believe in some conspiracy theory. Huh? You'll notice the upspeak, the rising inflection at the end of the sentence. That's a familiar tick in Brooklyn. It's designed to turn a declarative sentence into a question and thereby belittle the listener. Do you follow me? Is this too complicated for you? So the lady in the nose ring wants you to know she's smart, but she's not. When Merlin recorded that interview, Vice, where she now works, was valued at more than $5 billion. Genius investors like James Murdoch were showering the company with money. Everyone wanted in on the future of media, which was up talkers like Anna Merlin lecturing you about racism and misinformation. But that has changed. Last month, Vice filed for bankruptcy. Anna Merlin is still on Twitter screeching about how her critics are transphobic, but nobody cares. Nobody wants to hear from Anna Merlin anymore. The gatekeepers are transparently ridiculous. Everyone can see that. People have started to know. Is there something? So, what did you think about that, Walter? <laughs> Nothing? That's it, you laugh? No, the, no. Kind of the, 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 what do you call it? The... There used to be a saying where, like, all oh, every, everyone, uh, what is it? Everyone is crazy, and the uh, the only sane man is uh, is I can't, well, I can't remember the saying. It's like every, everyone's crazy, and the only sane man is is uh, is, is like when everybody goes crazy, uh, blind. The on, the only one who can see is the is the one eyed man who can see the truth, something like that. Because it's like they're all they're they're all gone stupid i mean that's that seems to be the uh the overall message is like uh okay we're we're t turning the reality into a uh, stupid reality and whoever doesn't believe the stupid reality is, is absolutely crazy so you have to believe it and then then you're normal so that's that's what it's calling it's that's what it's becoming and anybody who questions the reality is is wrong we, you know, there's an there's an irony here because these people to us are just getting like you know totally crazy. That they don't make sense. They're irrational. They're hateful. They're stupid and ignorant, and a few other words I could use. So you got that situation there, and of course they look at us the same way as being you know crazy things, but. It's the type of crazy thing that we look at that makes the difference. Because one of the crazy things that we will at least uh, consider is whether or not we have nature spirits and that there's such a thing as a green man. So can you pull up that email? Did you find it? Because yeah, I let me open up my email. Okay. I'm looking okay. at it now. All right, so why don't we just read this and, and give the background to who might have sent it to you or, you know. Okay, this uh, message was channeled by somebody named Noma Nono. He says it's a member of my meditation group because this was sent to me by Stephen Morley, a gentleman in uh, England. So Noma Nono is a member of his meditation group. Uh, 
so the date is okay it's the 23rd 23rd of uh, june 21 no sorry 21st of june and it says beloved beings of the earth i am very happy in this moment because i am connecting with all with you all through this beautiful soul i bring my soul my heartfelt love love for each and everyone in in you dear beautiful souls of the earth while we all live in this wonderful planet seemingly separate and different we are not really separate it seems this way however in the true sense of our creation and the beautiful loving mother that we come from we and we share we are one our roles and purposes may be different however our ultimate goals are the same we are all here to create for ourselves a nurturing life in a nurturing environment. We want to live in joy, happiness, and we want to do everything that we choose for the betterment of our individual selves as well as for the betterment of our communities, where thereby all of humanity has as well as the nature spirits, crystals, and all fauna and flora. What is the role of the green man? There are many of us. We are each given different roles to look after our local communities. We make sure that everything is carried out properly according to the desire and will of the divine creator. My purpose for being here in this moment is to remind you that we in the, in the plant kingdom are missing very much your presence among us. There was a time many centuries ago when you visit us frequently. A day, a day didn't go to sleep without any with any interaction among you and us. These days we see a few dog walkers, runners, and ramblers, but most are not even thinking of us. Everyone seems to be busy on their phones or deep thoughts. There are the odd ones who come specially to hug us and talk to us. We appreciate this very much. We would like to support you in whatever way possible. We may not answer or talk to you. However, we, however, hear and understand you in, you in our own unique ways. It is the vibration you emanate that speaks to us, and we feel you and know when you are in pain. When you ask us to help you in whatever way we can, we definitely go to work on your behalf. Even if you talk to us for one day, and we never see you again. We continue working on your issues that you ask us to help you with. Even if you live on the other side of the world, we still are connected with you from the hug and heartfelt talk that you make to us. We don't forget you. You may forget us and that, does not, that doesn't matter. When your situation is resolved, we also know, we also know vibrationally you see, we are connected in our present environments as well as connected with our family members in different parts of the world. When you hug one tree in England, be advised that, you hug, that your hug touches all the trees in the world. We are very sensitive and appreciative. Our roots are connected beyond the vast oceans of the world. In various faces, the various faces that some of you see on trees rocks and many other objects are alive beautiful souls we appreciate it when a face is noticed it is our own way of communicating with all of you we love you
We invite you to visit us more. You are one of those who gives us a hug. We appreciate you deeply. Bring us more hugs. I love and appreciate each and every one of you. Thank you. No manono for this moment. I am the green man. And that's the message. Now, did you grow up with the knowledge about the green man or how did you get and become aware of it? I just heard uh, stories and legends like from my dad from I, when I was a kid and he would read from his books on 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 legends. And sometimes I would hear, but it was uh, I wouldn't see it as fact or scientific. It, it was just there were just stories in my case. So was it something prevalent within the society or was it because your dad read so many different books? Well, this is really sad that I learned more about um, human, uh, um, how, how to say this. For example, you know how everybody loves the stories written by J. Uh, Tolkien, by J.R. Tolkien, the, 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 the British writer who wrote the the, uh, the 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 what do you call it the the lords of the rings he wrote all the stories lord of the rings the hobbit and when you see yourself in a spanish speaking culture you get to see a ton of this there's a ton of this writers writing about this you know it it's fictional stories supposedly but you get it, but it's there. You, you, you can see the stories. If, when you transpose yourself onto a Spanish-speaking culture, the uh, Spanish Inquisition was very thorough in destroying fantasy in the Hispanic world. So there weren't many, there are not many stories. Uh, it, it, it's very sad when you're looking at the, the historical uh, lit literary history like in Spanish uh, if there are any stories there 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 are religious stories it would be that maybe there might be some like uh, an adventure story but there's no there's no fantasy there's no fantasy but because it was all eliminated the church went about when when the went around destroying uh, all fantasy and you you get to you get to see fantasy again in, in your Spanish speaking world when you come into the new into the new world and you go and visit other, other like for example the people of Colombia the people of Peru the all those Hispanic people, and, and and believe me they had to share their stories in secret because the church was very it was a very intolerant of uh, fantasy and uh, legends of that no no they don't they didn't want any of that they just just do whatever whatever is in the church you know the stories of Jesus Christ and nothing nothing but <laughs> so if you got to hear the stories you would hear that from uh, far away of places where there's a lot of uh, uh, the local natives the the Mapuche, the um, the Quechua, you know the people that spoke the native languages. If you get to talk to them, you get to hear their their history is humongous. 
it is incredibly rich. I mean, they have stories going back thousands and thousands of years because they're all, they, they all, they kept a lot of information in uh, what's called oral language. And they, they had more story that, than in the, what do you call it, in the library of the Vatican, for heaven's sake. Because, but it was all hidden because you couldn't you couldn't afford the the church discovering that you know these people are are writing books about this. No, 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 no. We we can't have that. I mean, that's why there's so much uh, there's there's so much mind control on the on that issue. So, like like for example, um, there was a in an effort to revitalize those stories <laughs> there was a um, when I, I i don't know what how old he was I, th I thought my dad was like 15 years old or 13 years old he, when he went to the uh, his high school he had a, a teacher and he was also a writer and he actually wrote a, a, a book called the um, you know you know how you have the in the arabian the Thousand and One Nights, the story, the old, the Arabian Nights. Remember this story? It's just it's a big, thick book. Remember the story of the uh, yeah, yeah, sure, the Arabian sure. Nights. Well, this man, particular man, he he was a Spanish uh, Spanish teacher, and and he was a, 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 a you know very prolific writer. He wrote a book called The Thousand and One Argentine Nights. <laughs> <laughs> so in the title of the of the book is really funny there's a gaucho who's heating a water uh, water in the, the the kettle he's heating it in, in a fireplace and the the smoke the steam that's coming out of the of the kettle is actually a genie <laughs> so that was his attempt at bringing back the the uh, the, the fantasy the all the the magic that we actually had. I mean, and here here he wrote a lot of very beautiful books, and none of them were religious. They weren't based on the church. So, but but you know, people they kept they they tried a lot, and and, and now it's nonstop. Uh, but people uh, in the beginning fought to get back their the their history and their fantasy because that's they needed that they they. The Hispanic world was reduced to, with the church in place, was reduced to nothing. I mean, the only stories you were allowed to read is about the stories of the of whatever is whatever is in the church. There, no more. There's no more. Whatever the story is in the church, you know, you know, everything else is forbidden. So it, <laughs> it was very the in the in the Spanish speaking world that never happened. They never had their their histories and their legends and fantasy it was a, like for example i'll give you a perfect example when you read the the <clears throat> the lord of the rings for example when you're reading the lord of the rings <coughs> as you're reading the nar the narration of it you have different characters you see goblins you see elves uh, you see the hobbits um uh, and you see large larger creatures you see smaller creatures so so the the stories is pop, pop up populated with all these different entities 
When I read, I, I was in, in Argentina in one of the in in one of the library books, and when I read the Spanish rendition of the Lord of the of the Wing or the, the Lord of the Rings, it was so sad. I just I just wanted to cry because I was reading the passages when it, where it's describing that there were the, these goblins attacking these elves, and it was just a straight. Oh, they were just duendes. The, the the entire thing was wiped out and it was everything was translated as un duende because there was no Spanish equal there was no people the no word equivalent in in Spanish to say the names of all these creatures goblins and and elves and aenads uh, uh, like all these different creatures they did not exist. So, so it was like a generic word? There was just through the entire book, they just used a, ge a generic word because they had no word in English, in Spanish, for these for these entities. And like even even when you look, if, for example, if you go look at uh, ancient Greek writer write-ups, again the the Greeks were like they they had a very rich populated fantasy world i mean that you had the, the the andines which are the elementals of the water you have the enades i mean you start you start counting the numbers that you have a lot of entities that none of them are human and they all had valid names and they had a valid uh, uh um, nature and 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 they had a, a valid personalities how they function and they did things they existed if you look at them look at the uh, original greek write-ups that's they're all there this it's not just one creature you know but all of that was uh with the with the uh english with this sorry with the spanish inquisition oh god they destroyed so much so much of the uh spanish literature when it came to fantasy it's very, very sad. Well, we can bring back the fantasy because, again, my concept that we're going to change the collective consciousness of humanity just by pretending. Let's imagine that all these little, you know, critters that everything has got a spirit and they're all around us and even in my teddy bears and stuff, you know, I mean, that we've got spirits that are good spirits that are not these evil things da 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 no these are pure hearted like you know just the the a piece of god a piece of love a piece of you know and i'm not saying I, hey i haven't looked met them all that there aren't some bad ones in the in the mix there may be but not in your world if you don't imagine it so you just say no i'm gonna deal with all the good you know, divas, the fairies, everything, you know, that's out there, everything. I'm going to look at it twice. If you just start imagining that and put it into the super consciousness of humanity, then this is going to trickle down and more and more people are actually going to be able to see these beings. Like, I, I could have argued about this, you know, as being yay or nay. I hadn't any, seen any real concrete proof uh, until I moved to this property. And then it was like, many 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 episodes of like oh i think i'm looking at a gnome oh my god i am looking at a gnome what's the gnome doing you know in actually seeing an etheric being that is manifesting in a place where it's 
it's fluctuating in between 3D, 4D, maybe, but it's just the the, the, the densities of the energies are fluctuating. Yeah. Zucchini, so, zucchinis are gnomes. That's the uh, the etheric projection of the energy in zucchinis. They're gnomes. <laughs> exactly. That's how, that's how intelligent they are. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, let's just, again, because, yes, we want to build a new reality, and we might as well go for everything, you know? Let's, yeah. let's bring it back to where it started, where everything is life, and life is just taking on different forms to experience life, and let's see what falls out of it, because, like I say, all right, the, the, one of the, the more, like, come up, you know, like, oh, my heavenly day, aha moments, was when I was very, very sorry that so many trees had been destroyed during the Hurricane Andrew. It was just like whole miles and miles of trees just knocked down by this sucker. And I was talking to the oldest, well, not the oldest, but this tree that just sort of draws people to her, like, you know, she's the, where the diva of the yard makes this, but it's, it's a powerful energy field. So I'm over there, I was doing something, picking up mangoes or something, because it's a mango tree. And I started just talking to the tree and saying, you know, oh, gee, I just feel so bad about this. And I'm doing what I'm doing, and I walk away. And I was probably, I bet I was eight feet away from the tree when I hear this very clear voice. It wasn't soft, it wasn't whispered. But it said, well, you don't have to worry about the trees that came down because their energy is in the trees that have st stood and were stronger for it. Now, I wouldn't have made that up. I was I asked the question, walked away. I wasn't thinking about it. And then I realized I, maybe maybe she even said something to me about it takes us a while to respond. But there is a delay in making a connection at that level. So if you say something, you ask a question, you know, be patient. Just get meditative in that you kind of empty your brain out. Just wait for the messaging. And you know, in what you heard, in what you heard, shows the spirit of the Vedrus. They were focused on life. They didn't care about death. They never even spoke about death because they were thinking of life. There, the trees were showing you. They weren't focusing, oh, we have these many that have died. No. They're focusing on the fact that all of them have survived. They may not have a physical body, but they are there. They are alive. And that life cannot be taken away in any way. So it's just, just the, it's very sad how humanity has been programmed to be focused on death all the time. They are focused on death all the time. They're, they're focused on all age. They're focusing on, and it's not necessary. Because the world is about life. So that's one of the things that we have to get rid of. We're all we, oh my God, this poor thing has died. It's, that thing is not dead. It just changed. It looks different and it has, a different, it has a different energy signature, but it's not dead. But, and that's, that's us. We were the ones who always, always focused on death. <laughs> and, and here you have it. The tree is talking to you and telling, okay, we're not dead. Yes, several of us were toppled, but we're not dead. Well, what, what I think it exhibits is the concept of God experiencing existence 
through, you know, uh, Ani Abadisian, which she, she's, you know, ends her show, where she says, remember your spirit inhabiting a human body. Well, maybe spirit inhabits a rock, a tree, you know, a frog. And it may not be that they stay in there forever, but, you know, I mean, maybe, maybe they kind of like take over the body of the frog in order to interact. Does every frog have that interaction? I don't know. I haven't met every frog. But I can tell you one day I'm looking at this frog and this frog is looking back at me. And the amount of wisdom that I was feeling from this frog was mind-bending. You know, and I, I don't remember really communicating. It was more of experiencing this deep, profound depth of knowledge that a frog was making me feel, making me be aware of. Well, so now you understand why, like the old ma the old uh, martial art masters, they didn't learn martial arts because somebody taught some human came and taught them. A lot of them learned martial arts because they studied the the animals. Like for example, the uh, the grasshopper, studying the movements of the grasshopper, they learned a lot of uh, martial arts when they studied the movement of the praying mantis that they develop another martial arts from that so all of that came from animals it didn't come from humans who thought oh i'm going i'm the greatest martial arts fighter no the the humble animals they're the ones that taught men okay this these are the movements these are the critical movements for what you want to achieve so <laughs> so you think about it <laughs> it's very humbling you know these great martial art masters actually learn what they learned from their insects. Interesting. Um, okay, uh, kind of an off subject from what we're talking about, but I did want to ask you some questions. You said that Janine did a reading for the nations of the world. Did, uh, she, yeah. did she happen to say something about Russia? Uh, let me tr see, okay. I'm 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 going through the different like she, she's I remember the one she did on Poland and then she uh, what one of the things that she said on with Russia is like the uh, their gold-based uh, currency is already in place it's already it's it's already done and the other thing the, the other thing was that they had they are the Russians are free of the cabal. That's been kicked out of their their place. Then, but one of the things that's interesting is that whenever she are reading the cards on a particular nation, like when she looked at Poland, and um, people say, "Oh, things happening in Poland are terrible. There, everything is so bad. There, the money system and whatever else is is happening so bad." Well, she, according to her uh, interpretation of the cards. The cabal has been already removed completely from Poland. What happens is that they're they're keeping it under wraps. They must be waiting for some big movement. The military, I mean, the military of the world, must be moving, waiting for some big movement where everyone is going to be shown at once, not just wow, this one's freed, oh, this one's under control. No. Because, like for example, in the case of uh, of um, Australia, 
Australia was almost there, like already part, a lot of the, the cabal control there is removed. There are still holdouts in place that have to be taken care of. But then when she went over to uh, New Zealand, okay, no, no, that's it. New Zealand was, was cleared out. They don't, they don't, there's no, there's no cabal in, in New Zealand. So, and, and, and little by little, she as she was going through the world, it was affected. Like, for example, when she read um, Romania, it shows that Romania had a lot of um, female energy and there's a lot of metaphysical stuff going on in Romania. Uh, in other places, what, which one was a holdout that's still, there was one, uh, oh, uh, uh, Ireland. Ireland was very tough. They were still, because the uh, the old servants of the old Irish controllers, they weren't there. The controllers weren't there, but the servants are there. So she said, it's like these guys didn't get the memo. They're still playing, they're still playing their role, even though their masters are gone. So she was saying that, that uh, Ireland was still a holdout. So as she was going like that through the different uh, countries and, and and interpreting the cards as the as the countries were, it was it was showing like when she saw the when she read the cards for uh, Iceland, it uh, she immediately she saw that okay okay I, Iceland is completely in Whitehead control. In fact, they were they are doing the uh, trials there are being carried out in in Iceland. I I don't remember every single country. Sorry, I don't have have full. No, that, that, that's <laughs> yeah, Iceland was very progressive from the get go. They, well, back back in '08, they actually took the bankers to to trial, and they dis dis, dis disengaged everybody that was in the government and then had new elections and i'm not sure if this was true or not because you can't you really can't trust information but supposedly the way that the vote went down was that you said i want to be this congressman or they don't call him that but whatever it is and you you you'd put your name it would, name would go in a hat and they would draw it like a lottery <laughs> that that was the fairest election that they could figure with everything in turmoil so um so that that corresponds the romanian connection to the mysticism is absolutely dead on but the uh russian thing it, the reason i was interested was because of this bizarre and i mean bizarre thing that happened over the weekend where this military group of twenty thousand men um i don't think all the twenty thousand were there because they're kind of semi-integrated into the uh to the russian army but a whole group of them i think they i think there was a couple of hundred tanks or something went towards moscow and shot down two helicopters and a jet plane on their way and i don't know how much damage they might have done to the you know the collateral damage around the buildings and stuff i don't know about that but they got outside of moscow and they suddenly turned around and this group is called the wagner group and it seems to be more of a mercenary group, a standalone thing. And this story gets so strange. 
the guy that's the commander of it was the caterer for Putin. And somehow or another, he, he seems to be a kind of a... Uh, Sounds a con- like a, li- a wild card. <laughs> you know, he just, he was in all these different jobs, nothing important jobs, just, you know, caterer. And ends up to be this command in command of this military group. <clears throat> I don't know too much about it, except that a lot of people on both sides of the aisle are saying that, well, you know, this particular group of people have done some real atro- atrocities in this war. And they film it and then they show people. I mean, I'm not even going to get into what was, they claim was on the, the, the films. But so what what was that all about? So the general there, he says, um, well, we weren't trying to overthrow the government. We were trying to have a protest. Talk about a mostly peaceful protest. You know, shooting, shooting down, down vehicles. Helicopters, yeah, and jet planes. And um, so then Putin gets out. And Putin's known for these unbelievably long speeches. And it was promoted heavily by the state, apparently, as being very important. And he, I don't think it was more than like seven or eight minutes that he talked. And he basically said, thank you, Russian people, for standing up for democracy, or for patriot democracy, I think he said. And yet you saw film of the people in the streets, you know, yay, yay, yay. But who knows what that could have been about, you know, it could have been mm-hmm. staged that way. So I sort of got to thinking about it and looking at it and things, and I'm thinking... This sounds like a kind of a desperate last-ditch effort of doing something by the black state. You know, there's the the cabal seems to be behind this. It doesn't make sense. Does it? Does it? No. It, so uh, anyway, I was wondering if she had done a reading. Anyway, we're in the last two minutes here of the show. So, is there anything else you wanted to mention, Walt, or give some? Oh yes. Instead of. Dali just hit on the on the mark that uh, we don't need to waste time with nukes. We can actually do it with tiles. We don't need to we don't need to use nukes anymore. If we want to destroy an enemy, just tile them to death. <laughs> Is that what she said in chat? <laughs> no, I'm I'm, ju- I'm just making a joke because after after what she's lived through. Those must be the most powerful tool, tiles, tiles in the world. <laughs> All the suffering that she's gone through. Yeah, we'll see. So she's gonna be. We'll we'll report on Saturday. We'll get the update on the story on say what on Saturday. I Dolly, should be home Saturday. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Oh yes. Yeah. You know how the kids are and what's happening. So we'll right. we'll get you, sur- a, you survived the tile storm. <laughs> I'll be a happy camper. <laughs> yeah. So Saturday. Um, I don't even know. Is Saturday still July? I mean, it's still June. Uh, I guess. Yeah. Well, guess. Annette's birthday is Sunday, July second. Saturday is the first. Saturday is the first. Okay. Oh, my goodness. Here we go. I mean, it's already the 1st of July. Anyway, yeah. everybody, we thank you. Tomorrow is Radio 5G. It's going to be four different audios played. It's other voices. 
And one of them is Tucker. It's, you know, boom, boom, boom on, you know, the things that he got fired for. And there's one on climate that I highly recommend. So I'm hoping that you, um, and Avadisian from her last show. So I thank you all for being here. We'll see you next time. Be safe. Teaching. Listening to the Cosmic Reality Radio Show, produced by Cosmic Reality Radio. Thank you for listening. Choose your heart.